This is the Old Trailblazer broadcast. This is Pastor Albert Pendarvis, the Old Trailblazer, pastor here at Radio Missions, where the gospel goes out on a regular basis, day by day. And also, we have the Voice of Truth broadcast on many other stations. If you'd write me, I'll send you a log of all of those broadcasts where Pastor L.R. Shelton, the late pastor here, brought those messages of some of them 50 years ago, but they're still as important as they were back then. But this is the Old Trailblazer, Pastor Pendarvis, and we bring you to these studies now. We have been for quite a while. Divine Healing, True and False. These messages are on CD. You tell me the date they were played, we can send that one particular message to you, uh, and, and we'll quote your price on it. But we're looking now in the, in the book of Acts, chapter 19 and verse 11. We want to call your attention to something here that may be an eye-opener to you. And listen to this verse. And God wrought special miracles by the hand of Paul, so that from his body were brought to the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. This scripture is quoted and applied under the heading of prayer clause. Now let's go back and look at it. If you have your Bibles, look there at Acts 19.11. Quickly, let me call your attention to the 11th verse. And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul. The scripture here calls attention to special miracles. Special miracles are never repeated in God's word. You can't find one place in God's word where any special miracles was repeated. The special miracles that God wrought in Paul's hand as recorded were never repeated. I like to repeat that for you. Also, we have no record that any other apostles or believers ever wrought miracles by handkerchiefs or prayer cloths, and nowhere in any of Paul's epistles does he ever call attention to it. Never in all of his 13 epistles does Paul call attention to the special miracles, and he never commands it. It is recorded there and left and never repeated, so that the scriptures calls our attention to the fact that these were special miracles, miracles never to be repeated. Now, what kind of a special miracles did God work by the hands of Paul? Let's look there at verse 12, 12th verse, so that brought from his body to the sick handkerchiefs or apron. Now, I want you to listen to this, folks. I want this is this is so important. The word handkerchief here means sweat cloth. The word aprons means half girdles. They were not called prayer cloths. No, the Bible doesn't call them prayer cloths. Paul did not go out and buy a piece of cloth and tear it up and pray over it and send it out to the sick. And the sick did not send them handkerchiefs or cloths to be prayed over or blessed. No, no. That's not. That's a misnomer. I know I've mentioned to you when I was growing up as a child, my mother attended the Pentecostal church uh, occasionally when she had a chance. And uh, I'm sure they somehow or another got on a mailing list of some of these uh, televangelists and, and uh, radio preachers and those people. I remember her talking about them when I was a child. Had one or two of them picture up on the mantelpiece, a glossy picture, 8 by 10, all of those things. But But they would send her. Uh, this piece of cloth. It looked like a piece of a sheet to me or a pillowcase. And I could just imagine as a child some preacher having his, uh, one of his secretaries or aides cut up a king-size bed sheet into four-inch squares. Can you imagine how many of those went out? And if folks sent a dollar or $20 or $100 for each one, of that's what it was for, my friend. It wasn't, it wasn't to lay on your body and make it. They wanted money. They wanted money for that prayer cloth. And that's what folks did. My mother did it. 
but not much because we were so poor. We didn't have much to pay, but I'm sure she sent a dollar or two when she could. Now, my friend, uh, these handkerchiefs or aprons that were spoken of here in the Bible were on the body of the apostles. They were taken from the apostle Paul and carried to where the sick was. That's what the scripture says. So that from his body were brought to the sick handkerchiefs or aprons and the diseases departed, and the evil spirits went out of them. So let's not get away from these facts. First, this was a special miracle. And as I said, it was never repeated. No other apostle, no disciple, did ever God work miracles through in this same manner. Then, these handkerchiefs belonged to the apostle Paul and were not brought to him. Then, we have no record that Paul prayed over or blessed those pieces of cloth. Fourth, there is no record that God, through any other disciple or apostle, ever wrought miracles. Fifth, the Paul, Paul didn't buy cloth and rip it up in small pieces and mail it out to individuals. Now, my friend, I don't know how much you know about some of these individuals who uh, have these great mega churches now and mega TV churches and all. And there's some of them on the news now being investigated by the federal government for uh, ripping off these people. And I saw a news news uh, commentary one night years ago, several years ago, on the, on this great preacher so-called over in Texas somewhere, and it showed the the mail being opened and all the money taken out, and then all the prayer cloths and all the prayer requests and all of those things being dumped in the dumpster back behind the building. Now, my friend, that's where your prayer cloth goes. That's where your money, your your uh, prayer request goes. Your money goes in the bank or in that fellow's pocket. Oh, my friend, I've often told you here, the old trailblazer never hardly ever mentioned money. The Lord supplies the money for this work to go on. Surely it costs money, but we hardly ever mention it. We asked you if you might want to help us go on a new station or so. And then folks write me. I had a man write me not long ago, and he said, you old fool, you ought to get straight. You ought to, you ought to, you ought to quit taking those people's money, that church that you pastor down there. You ought to quit taking their money. And I wrote him back and I said, my friend, I hardly ever answer critical spirit, critical letters like yours. But I wanted to tell you, I don't take a nickel out of this work. The Lord blessed me years ago when I had a little business, a successful business, and, and I have a, have a little retirement system that, I've, that I put together. And I don't take a penny, not a nickel out of this work. Most, most folks know that that know me. And uh, uh, one, one man told his wife, said, don't you send no money down there. That preacher's not getting my money. She said, well, honey, pastor, don't take a nickel out of that work. He don't take a nickel out of that work. He, he pays his own way, buys his own car, buys his own everything. He don't take a nickel. He just administ administers this, this work and runs it like a business and, and looking to the Lord and preaches and prays and seeks the Lord's face. Don't take any money out of here, my friend. But I know that a pastor has to be paid. I'm a firm believer. If you have a pastor, you ought to pay him a decent salary. And I believe you should. If you don't, uh, I, I remember reading a story by Dr. Dr. Uh, well, it was Brother Spurgeon. And he said they were, folks were looking for a new pastor. And they got a man. And the deacons were praying over him. And said one of the deacons was praying. He said, Lord, you keep him humble and we'll keep him poor. Isn't that awful? You keep him humble and we'll keep him poor. Oh, my friend, listen, I know we're getting off of our subject, but listen, I just it just irks me to the end to, for these preachers to get on the radio and the TV and 
beg for money, and they show pictures of little old starving orphans over there in Africa somewhere making out like they send your money over there to take care of them. They don't do that, my friend. That's a lie. That's a lie to hell. You just you go there and visit their offices in some uh, Taj Mahal somewhere where they where they got like I heard one of them say, "Well, I live in a little two bedroom cottage. Yes, got a three million dollar fence around it with bricks and stone." Oh, my friend, listen. Uh, you know, I, I just, I just, it, it bothers me so much to to see. And and then I think about their soul. I I, I thought about this man who was going to have a spooktacular at his church on Halloween Day. A spooktacular. I thought about his soul. One day that man, if the Lord never saves him, will stand in front of that great white throne judgment to be judged. And the and the angel will look in the book and he say, Lord, his name not in here. And the Lord will say, Look again. He look again. He said, no, his name not in here. And the Lord will say, depart from me. You, ne- you worker of iniquity, I never knew you. My friend, if you, want, if you want something to break your heart, you think about the millions and millions of folks going out into eternity on a daily basis. What about you? Is your family saved? Are you praying for him? Are you interceding for him? Are you throwing off on the old trailblazer because he's being true to your soul? I know that the trailblazer is not very popular. I know that because I call sin, sin. The Bible says, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. The Bible said, what will a man give in exchange for his soul? The Bible said, it is a point under man wants to die. And after that, the judgment, my friend. Sure, surely uh, folks call me old hellfire and damnation preacher. But I tell you one thing. I tell you one thing. When you, die, when you clasp that dying pillar... There in the hospital, there in the jail, wherever you are, do you have? Are you ready to put your feet out on the sinking sand or on the rock? Let, let, let me ask you: What is your hope? Is your hope divine healing? Is your hope faith healing? Is your hope some preacher that you've been sending money to that he could that he could fly around in three jet planes? Are, is that your hope, Doctor So and So, Brother So and So? My friend, listen. That's that's terrible that's the most awful thing in the world to deceive poor people people on fixed incomes and welfare and social security taking their last dime last dollar sending it to some devilish preacher because he deceived and my friend i know i know i'll get your letters i'll get your emails to, that i ought to dry up or blow away or something but no the lord giving me grace going day by day and i'm going to continue to call sin sin Divine healing is not in the atonement, my friend. It's not. It's not. And these handkerchiefs that folks send, it's, that's going on today. It's going on today. I, I tell you, listen, it, it, it makes me sad to know about these spooktacular, spooktacular. Come dressed as a, as, a, as a witch or a goblin to the Sunday services. Now, my friend, that preacher ought to be hung by the toenails. He should. He should be hung up by the toenails for blaspheming the Lord Jesus Christ, blaspheming his name. Oh, my friend, I heard another preacher on the radio that said he wrote a book, uh, I Tell a Joke. He said, I've told 2,000 jokes in my ministry. He said, it wakes people up. I said, well, if you're preaching, don't wake them up. Let them stay asleep. 2,000 jokes, he said, in his ministry. This is a, a nationally known ministry, my friend. I said, well, one thing about it. You got a joker behind a pulpit or a clown, one. Maybe got one of each. But I tell you, the Lord's going to hold you responsible. You can't get by with that. You can't grieve the Lord, my friend. God is angry with the wicked every day. 
And there's no more wickedness and people that deceive some poor unenlightened soul to the fact, deceives them and has them sending money here by the bag full and uh, taking their money and letting them go to hell. That's what they're doing, my friend. I don't care what you say. You can argue with me till, till your face turns blue, but you can't tell me there's a new heart there and a new spirit there. The Bible said if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away, and all things have become new. And that's what the old trailblazer has, a new heart, a new spirit. And my friend, a longing to see folks saved. I know, I know, folks call me critical sometimes, but I'm not being critical. I'm just exposing error, my friend. If your house was on fire and I walked down the street and saw it, and I just passed on by and didn't say anything, I, they, they, they sentenced me to jail for, for a heinous crime. Or if I walked up on your porch and just knocked on the door lightly hey man your house is on fire hey man no sir if i come along there i take a two by four and bust in the glass door bust in a window and say come on man your house is on fire get out while you can i know folks make fun of the old trailblazer but that's all right i'm pleading for your soul this is the old trailblazer pastor albert pendarvis i wish i could hear from some of you if you if you know the truth write me and tell me if you say write me and tell me but remember my mailing address, the old trailblazer, post office box 1810, Walker, Louisiana, 70785. Goodbye. If you missed part of today's broadcast or would like a recording, the old trailblazer broadcast is now available for download to your phone, to your iPad or computer via podcast. Find out more about our podcast by visiting our website at radiomissions.org. That's radiomissions.org. Yeah.